Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. Bryce Coon alongside Glenn West as we ramp up. For Glenn, what I am currently um, hearing from friends that are not LSU or Ole Miss fans but are saying this is one of the most exciting games each and every single year to watch between these two teams. I know you as an LSU grad, uh, there's there's quite the rivalry between these two teams. I'm excited to experience it. Night game in Oxford this weekend. But, man, LSU Ole Miss week, uh, this, is, uh, this means a lot for the Tiger fans. Yeah, and, and we continue to check boxes off. I've never been to, to, to Oxford, never been to Ole Miss uh, in, in, in that stadium before. So uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it. should be a good game. Um, should be a high-scoring game if I had to. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here in the prediction <laughs> part of things, but I think it's going to be uh, an offensive-oriented game again. And uh, we'll see what, 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 what happens. But there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about with this matchup. And uh, I think LSU's got a – uh, a real good chance here to to kind of continue to some of the success they've had, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball uh, going forward. I know Brian Kelly's not going to talk a lot about this, and especially with the media and probably the team, because they don't want to pay attention to outside noise. But this game really does mean a lot here still early on in the season to be able to gain momentum and an upper hand in the SEC West race. We talked about LSU's 2-0. and Ole Miss uh, really doesn't have a lot of room for error after dropping the game to Alabama. Uh, last weekend, and first off, what a tough back-to-back. you got to go to Alabama, then you host LSU the very next weekend. Not too fun, but Ole Miss fans are going to enjoy themselves this weekend. That being said, Glenn, we took a look at this LSU offense. One of the big question marks for me coming in is they played a complete game against Mississippi State. Now, I think that we can all take that, not with a grain of salt. Mississippi State's still an SEC program, but it's just not up to par with the rest of the teams uh, that they're going to play this season. About a, we'll say, what, one drive in the first half and then the entire second half, they looked very, I mean, just immaculate on offense. So the question I have here is can the LSU offense put together a complete effort against a more formidable opponent? That seems to me to be kind of the next step this offense needs to show us. Yeah, I think we're fixing to see, right? I mean, I I don't know that we've um, seen them put together, um, you know, a complete game against a team of this caliber yet. I mean, I I think that there are certainly some holes that they're going to be able to plug uh, into Ole Miss's uh, defensive system, but um, you know, we'll 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 get a chance to see. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I want to continue to see with this offense is um, just just continuing to lean into the aggressiveness with Jaden Daniels. I know we've hit that you know nail on the head for you know mm-hmm. several weeks now and, and that we've you know we've seen him do that for uh, a couple of games in a row and it's really opened things up I mean I think that they have really found something special with Brian Thomas and Malik neighbors is kind of your one-two punch uh, you can mix in Anderson Kyron Lacey uh, hopefully Chris Hilton maybe get some some more looks kind of going forward but um, those those three really seem to be um, connecting on a different level right now and I think are probably the most formidable, you know, kind of one-two punch in the SEC right now. I mean, is there anybody else uh, that's kind of putting up those kind of numbers um, across the conference? So um, I I think that this is going to be a really good test for LSU. You go on the road in a hostile environment, that crowd's going to be rowdy. I mean, we, uh, we've known that we've seen that, 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 that kind of Ole Miss fandom really, uh, kind of have its way sometimes. And uh, I, I think that LSU is going to be in a really strong position here to kind of make some some stuff happen. And you're going to learn a lot about this team and just kind of what the the future looks like uh, kind of going forward here with uh, a really key part of their schedule. I mean, we, we talked about it some last week, but I, I really think that this 
three-game stretch here with Arkansas at Ole Miss and at Missouri uh, is going to tell us a lot about just kind of where things stand in the West after these three weeks, um, how LSU factors into all of this. I think that they they come out and they play the way that they did um, against Arkansas. I think they'll still win, um, but you also want to see that consistency carry over and not have the blemishes there of the first quarter and, and change of, of the second quarter. Uh, I, I just think that there's um, you know, a lot of room for, for improvement here with the offense. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, the, the, the other angle here is the the run game and trying to get Logan Diggs um, continued to, 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 to have some success. I think Logan's uh, really settled in here as your feature back. And it's been um, great progress through, through, couple weeks here I, I think he's done a really nice job kind of leading that room um working Caleb Jackson Josh Williams John Emery as you see fit but I think they found a nice compliment here with 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 Diggs and the run game and certainly what the what the offensive line's been doing and opening up holes um I, I think LSU's offense right now is probably cooking it another level from anybody else in the SEC hmm. and, and it's fun to watch and we'll see if it can carry over though against another top 20 uh, opponent here there's their second ranked opponent of the of the entire 2023 season and, and you mentioned too the run game obviously Logan Diggs received the line share carries 14 carries I believe 96 97 yards last weekend against Arkansas that being said Glenn the question was asked to Kelly, you know, it's more about the hot hand. They're going to ride that hot hand. Diggs has shown that behind him. Look, you got to have more than just one guy be able to run it effectively in the SEC. Maybe where do you see this kind of heading in a game where I think you're going to have to be able to run the football effectively? Uh, what are some of those names that you personally want to see step up? Yeah, and I think with some of the struggle that we've seen on defense, um, you, you want – you want this offense to be on the field as much as possible. And I think that the mm -hmm. best way to do that is certainly to have a balance between the run and the pass and, 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 and what, you know, digs can do for you in that respect. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see how they kind of work in some of these other backs. I mean, I, I think a lot of people have been pounding for, for Caleb Jackson to get a little bit more run. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do think that there's um, something to be said that when you have a featured back and when you have a guy that you know, that can, get the job done for you that's just a really tough guy to take off the field I mean that's just kind of where LSU's mm -hmm. at right now I don't think they are in a position where they want to have Logan Diggs sit for a couple of series so that they can work in some other players I mean I, I think he has to be a really consistent part of this rotation right now I would like to see Josh Williams get more than just one carry you know he had one carry for 41 yards uh in that game uh this last this last weekend would like to see him get a little bit more involved, certainly what with what he can do in the passing game and the pass blocking part of it um, you know, can't be overlooked. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, if you're getting Logan Diggs 13, 14, 15 carries, using him out of the backfield a little bit, um, that's a great compliment to LSU's been able to do uh, down the field. And we, we talked with Logan yesterday on, on Tuesday in player interviews, and – I asked the question, like, you know, typically it's the run game that kind of sets up the passing game in, in some of these matchups. But um, I asked him just what does the aggressiveness of Jaden Daniels kind of taking those shots downfield, how does that open up the run game in, in, on kind of the, the flip side? And, and he mm -hmm. says it forces, you know, defenses to make adjustments. It's, it forces them to maybe play an, an extra guy in the, in the back half of the defense. So the box is maybe a little bit less crowded for – that run game to get going. So 
Uh, if LSU can continue to establish themselves and if Jaden keeps taking those shots, um, you know, I, I think it, it, it keeps a defense like Ole Miss. They have to respect it and they have to, uh, especially if Jaden's hitting on some of those passes, they're going to have to maybe tweak what they're thinking. Uh, and that can really open up things for, for the run game as well. So I, I do think that LSU is going to have, um, you know, a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of ways that they can kind of attack this Ole Miss defense. I think that, um, Ole Miss hasn't played a, an offense like LSU's. I know they just played Alabama. I think LSU's offense has played a lot better than Alabama's, um, you know, this season. I think that, um, that, that they're just on another level really from a lot of these other SEC teams. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they can carry that over in a, in a tough hostile place like this. Yeah, you mentioned obviously Ole Miss's opponents, Mercer, uh, Tulane, Georgia Tech, and then Alabama. So nothing to the caliber of what LSU can do offensively. Uh, another note before we move on to the defensive side of the football, you mentioned, I uh, went back and watched a couple of looks, when Thomas and Neighbors were un- were open on the underneath route, a lot of times it was because Chris Hilton was either right up the seam or he was going downfield opening up the underneath route, which you kind of have to start thinking, if defenses say we got to focus in on 11 and 8, that's going to leave 17 some at some point wide open down the middle of the field because they're paying so much attention to Thomas and neighbor. So it really is trending. It feels like into some more complete, you know, uh, yeah. complete and, passing, passing schemes. Yeah. And Jaden's got to see that, right. I mean, you know, we've, yeah. we've, we've seen him hit those, those, those balls to Thomas and, and certainly to neighbors. Uh, but last week, I think he only completed balls to maybe four or five guys total. I mean, that that hasn't been typically what we've seen from him. Uh, you know, usually he's spreading the ball around to eight or nine guys in, in a game. So um, when, when teams are going to key in on, on Thomas and neighbors, I think that those uh, those complimentary pieces, whether it's Hilton, whether it's Lacey or Anderson, those guys have to be ready. And Jaden's going to have to really go through his progressions and hit those guys uh, for a couple passes to really keep you know the defense guessing on where the where he's going with the football. Because uh, when you have two guys that are as good as as Brian Thomas Jr. and and, and Malik Neighbors have been, you know that's that's going to be the first thing that they're they're on the scouting report. You know, it's just how yeah. do we how do we slow down that deep passing attack that they've they've been hitting on these last couple weeks? And uh, it, this very well could open up an opportunity for a guy like Hilton to have have a big game, have a couple big catches uh, throughout the course of the game. So that'll be very uh, interesting to see how that plays out. It's a secondary for Ole Miss, too, and defensive line that you can learn more about. We put out a podcast on Tuesday uh, talking with David Johnson inside the Rebels senior writer and publisher over there. Make sure you check him out, what he has going on, because it's obviously a big weekend. Let's talk defense here. Jackson Dart, look, he this offense only scored 10 points, and David Johnson made – the the joke it's like it feels like it's the first time in like four seasons that they haven't got into the 20s at least uh with what Ole Miss can do offensively uh Quinshawn Judkins Jackson Dart the weapons they've had uh you know the playmaking ability of Dart running the football it's not going to be KJ Jefferson s 240 250 pounds running at you they're not going to face that again that being said this defense I feel like is going to have their work cut out for them you kind of hinted this could be a shootout type of game what do you need to see from this defense to let you know, hey, they're they're ready to play in this game against a potentially and a high-powered Ole Miss offense? Yeah, I mean, look, we we've talked with Brian Kelly a couple times already this week, and kind of a common theme from him has been maturity and and wanting to see this team play with some more maturity. Right now, what I take away from that is that they're still trying to figure out fundamental-wise just how they want to get this secondary playing up to par. I mean, they. Um, you know, the, the, the defense as a whole was, was 
you know, it was very effective in the first half, I thought, for the most part, and kind of limiting Arkansas to some of their, um, you know, to, to, to some of their lower scoring drives, you know, finishing it off with field goals instead of touchdowns. Um, but as the game wore on, you could tell, um, you know, the front seven was getting a little bit, uh, you know, frustrated by not being able to get mm. KJ Jefferson to the ground. Um, and certainly in the secondary, the zone, uh, the zone coverage was really not, um, was, was not what LSU needed to, to, in, in that game. They, they were losing eye discipline, losing focus. They gave up some really big plays down the field to wide open receivers. It felt like they had oceans of room to run. Um, that, that can't carry on here against Ole Miss because this is a really talented um, offense, like you just mentioned, with J- what Jackson Dart can do from a passing perspective. Kinshawn Judkins hasn't had a really great start to the season. I know that there's been a little bit of frustration probably with how uh, he hasn't been able to quite get it going. Um, but he's come out this week, and he's been very um, vocal about them wanting to get that going and and, hmm. and and establishing him as more of a force on this offense. So I really think they're going to try to lean into him early in this game. Uh, and, and, and he's certainly capable of being a, a really dynamic runner in the conference. We've seen it already before, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see just how the defense responds, especially in the secondary. Um, you know, Coach Kelly had a really interesting comment on, on Wednesday and, and, in his little SEC teleconference uh, you know, update, he, he, he's talking about fundamentals and it's alignment, it's um, you know tackling, it's leverage, it's assignments. You know, guys are guys are kind of all over the place right now, and they really need this this room, uh, this secondary to kind of come together. I mean, Andre Stan's been a pretty uh, steady force for you. I know he missed a couple tackles in that Arkansas game, and that's been a problem really throughout the entire defense has been kind of missed tackles and just not being able to get guys on the ground. Um, but you, you, you really get a sense here that this secondary needs to have uh, a, a strong performance and, or at least a rebound kind of performance, some kind of bounce back, some kind of positive momentum that they can take going forward uh, against a quality opponent like Ole Miss. And if you can, if you can get that from them this week, then I think you feel a lot better about, kind of where things are trending for the defense mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, that being said, I, I expect this to be a pretty high-scoring game. I, I don't I don't know that LSU has a quick fix here. Um, they've, they've pretty much settled into a pretty consistent rotation in their secondary uh, with, with Zai, uh, certainly with, uh, with what Andre Sam and Major Burns and Denver Harris, and you work in a little bit of Deuce Chestnut every once in a while. Um, I, I, I think that you have to, to at least consider the possibility of playing a couple of the younger guys, maybe give Ashton Stamps or LaTerrence Welch a couple snaps here if things aren't going well, um, just to try to try to mix it up. I mean, I, I don't know that you can come out and have another repeat performance like that and expect the offense to score on six straight drives and really carry you through the end of that game. I mean, that's just really – Going to, it's going to be really tough to do, and and I think yeah. that LSU's defense is going to need to figure out a way to put three, four, five stops together against this Ole Miss offense. And how they do that, I think that the, the easiest path to doing that is going to be trying to get at Jackson Dart, force him to be thrower, uh, force him out of the pocket, and uh, potentially make some throws on the run. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the, the easiest path that I see to LSU having success is first off limiting what Jackson Dart can do. Uh, with his legs and then also uh, slowing down uh, Ken Sean Jugsons because I do think that they're going to try to use uh, Judkins a lot this weekend. 
Yeah, and you mentioned right here, wanted to point out two things. Up until this past weekend, Ole Miss was pretty good on third down conversions, but now they are 17 of 48, 35% conversion rate. You want to be able to get your defense off the field on third downs as well. And that's been and an area thing, LSU struggled in is getting yeah. off the field on third down. They've, they've got to do a better job of that. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what Arkansas did. I think they were, let's see, 8 of 13 on third downs last weekend. I mean, that's a – that's a pretty high percentage for, for, for third down conversions. That's got to be something LSU really improves on. You Also, another thing, too, LSU hasn't been dependent upon turnovers this year. Uh, I would like to see them force some turnovers in this game because I think yeah. those are, one, big momentum-shifting moments uh, within a road environment that's going to be hostile. Uh, they haven't had to. You know, the defense has been able to make stands where they need. Brian Kelly was very, uh, you know, vocal about that like you know the resiliency especially you know after a costly you know penalty or costly play to be able to or the the fake field goal for them to be able to get the stop like that does speak a lot um and I like the fact they're not dependent on turnovers I think that could be a dangerous game to play but I'd like to see them kind of force some some turnovers as well to see what they could do uh, to be able to change the vibe change the the tune of this game as well uh Ole Miss's offense obviously we talked about it I mean very one of the tops in the country even after a you know a flat performance against um Ole Miss or against Alabama still averaging 7.3 yards per play I mean they hit on some explosive plays Glenn you touched on that we're not going to be able to uh, we're not gonna be able to see you know kind of uh I think as many explosive plays, I do think that the front seven for LSU has a chance here to really wreak some havoc. But, man, if they start hitting on those, it could get ugly uh, really quick, especially if the offense sputters there yeah, in the like, beginning. Jordan Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade, those are kind of the, the two guys at the receiver position that have really stood out early in this season for Ole Miss. They're not – I mean, I think this is kind of the matchup here for LSU's secondary where they can kind of gain some confidence. These aren't mm. – the 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 tallest or the, uh, the the tallest receivers they're they're kind of more on pace with what LSU has in terms of size wise I mean talent wise they're very talented don't get me wrong I mean they're they're going to be a handful to take care of uh, yeah. this Saturday but from a f- physique standpoint LSU has played a lot of length a lot of tall uh, receivers in, in in this season early on um, this is going to be kind of one of those matchups where I think LSU kind of evens out from a physical standpoint, like in terms of just measurements uh, and speed. Uh, And I'm going to be interested to see how the secondary responds in those kinds of situations, because, you know, I I do think that, uh, you know, Watkins and Wade, and certainly I think there's one guy on there. I can't remember his name off the top of my head who has like five touchdowns on eight of his catches this year. Uh, He's a really deep play threat, a guy who averages like 23 or 24 yards a catch. Um, you know, that, Trey that's, Harris. Yeah, Harris. Trey Harris. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's he's going to be uh, somebody that that else she's going to have to account for in the middle of the field. But uh, yeah, I think that this is a, a, a at least physical wise, physique wise, length wise, uh, a much better matchup for LSU to see if they can have some success against these Ole Miss receivers. Yeah, it'll be interesting indeed. Let's get to the final portion of today's show, the final thoughts and predictions. Uh, Vegas had this one at about a two-and-a-half-point odd spread last time I looked, Glenn. I mean, this is a, it's a tricky one, and it's going to be one where I think we have both made cases in this podcast of why LSU could go in there and win it, and that there's a real cause for concern that if you don't start quickly offensively, and Ole Miss does, you may not have a chance to really get back into this football game. So, Without further ado, you you knock it out first. What are your thoughts and predictions on this football game? 
Yeah, I think I think you just made a great point there. I think offensively, you have to start fast. Like you, you can't you can't have another performance here where you only have three points with two minutes to go in this first half. I mean, I, I don't I don't see LSU being able to to keep pace with Ole Miss in that respect. And so, mm. definitely want to see the offense get off to a, a, a fast start like they did against Mississippi State. Take that crowd out of the game early. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, if they're able to do that, if, if Jaden's able to kind of carry over that second half performance, if you know, Brian Thomas and Malik neighbors are able to get cooking early, get Logan Diggs involved. Um, I, I like LSU's chances in this one. Again, I think though, it's going to be a very um, testy game. It's going to be a high scoring game. I would expect a lot of emotions and a lot of, a lot of back and forth feelings on our board throughout the day uh, on, on game day, just to see kind of uh, how, how this one ultimately shakes out. But, uh, I've got LSU winning. I think they get into the 40s offensively. I think it's a 41-35, 41-37 kind of mm. game. Uh, I mean, I, I just think that this is going to be a real offensive explosion for both for both teams. I mean, Ole Miss is going to be chomping at the bit. I mean, they just scored six points last week against Alabama. You know they're going to come out and try fire away, uh, and LSU's offense is going to have to try to re- really be able to match that. So I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think the over under right now is around 67. I would, I would hit the over on that, to be honest with you. I think mm. that both those teams get into the thirties and I could see one of them getting into the forties and making this a, a really entertaining offensive game and maybe a little bit of an eyesore defensively for, for both teams. <laughs> yeah. It's one that the defensive purists might not want to watch. I will say this. Uh, you mentioned kind of Ole Miss's defense and what they've been going through. They obviously got hit, um, you know, they allowed Jalen Milrow in Alabama to really be explosive against them. That hasn't been the most explosive offense. I'll give a shout-out to the former team I covered. Georgia Tech had over 300 yards passing against them as well. So back-to-back weeks, they've struggled in pass defense. South Carolina might lead the SEC in passing, Glenn, but I feel like LSU has been more dynamic and consistent in their passing game than the Gamecocks. That being said, I think that factors in the that Jaden Daniels and them are going to be able, if willing to, and we see that aggressiveness, are going to be able to hit on some big passes. And I think Ole Miss is going to struggle offensively on third downs. That number coming off that Alabama game is really alarming. I think that LSU's front seven, we saw a lot of things. Deshaun Womack, I expect. I know he's not ready for the starting role, but I think that he's really going to be used, utilized, especially in some of those third and long situations if they can force them into that. So I, I'm almost right there with you. I had a pr- prediction. I'm going LSU 44, um, Ole Miss 32. I think that I don't know how they're going to get to 32, but I, I was going with that. I, I think that Ole Miss is a team that is going to be able to hit on some explosive plays, but I think that LSU is really going to be able to sit and, and manage this clock well. I think they're going to be able to – the ability to run the football is going to help them kind of uh, you know, really just put a wear and tear on this Ole Miss defense. But I think that for the second straight year, uh, the Tigers really kickstart their season against an Ole Miss team. Obviously, that was a game last year that really kind of put things into high gear for this team. I know the Florida game was a big one, but this, you know, Ole Miss coming into Tiger Stadium last year, now going up there, it kind of kicks off this next three stretch of games where, where you're really going to learn a lot about your team. And I think that they're going to be able to get a win. So it's going to be a fun game, no doubt about it. Afternoon atmosphere uh, into the evening down in or up in Oxford. I said down in Oxford. I think that's just a product of me oh, living no. in Atlanta and everything yeah. kind of being to the south. But you know, it is what it is. Managing but it'll the be clock a lot of fun. is a good one. That's a good. That's yeah. a good point. Managing the clock, they're going to have to do that um, to to have success. I think offensively, you're going to have to really control things at the line of scrimmage. Um, 
you know, defensively front seven, you're going to have to be able to get after Jackson Dart some. Um, you know, he's not as big, obviously, as K.J. Jefferson, but he's probably a little quicker. Um, so how those guys are able to adjust and keep him in the box and not let him just kind of run free and really extend plays and, and, and find open receivers late into the, and late into the snap clock or the, late into the play uh, is going to be really important for LSU's defense. And, um, you know, I think one guy that, you know, you, you, you hope to have a big game like that is Harold Perkins. I mean, I think you're, yeah. you're really hoping he can kind of use his speed and, and keep, uh, keep dart from, from, from darting around and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but uh, I like LSU's shot to be able to put up some points and, and ultimately get a win this weekend. It's going to be a fun one in Oxford, Mississippi. I believe it's a, what, a 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central kickoff there between the Rebels and the Tigers. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. For Glenn West, my name is Bryce Coon. We appreciate you so much for tuning into our preview podcast. We're going to be talking a little bit more uh, as the week goes on over on our website. Go 24-7. Make sure to check those out. Matchups to watch. Glenn had a good piece on three players to look out for for this weekend. Make sure you get your subscription there. You can click a link down in the bio of this podcast, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. We appreciate you for doing just that. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7.